Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for seminal headlines featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, managing editor Ira Chofel, and senior writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols, and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The seminal headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. Great to be with you. Thanks for joining us. As always, we begin the show by doffing the cap to our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, sausage! Did you see the uh, locations map that I tweeted the other day? Yeah, Corey, did you man. see that? I did. That was crazy. <clears throat> so we've made Register Sausage rich. You know, it's uh, been... Look, man, it's not just us. It's not, uh, it's uh, not all of us. Who are we kidding? I mean, it's mostly us. It's right. pretty much us. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I tweeted when we first started this. I mean, it's literally been less than two years ago. Uh, Register Sausage was mostly available in, in, in the Panhandle, a little bit in Alabama and Georgia. And now you can get your registered sausage. And I think the headliners have done their part with the, the protests oh, out yeah. in the streets. Out in the streets. The boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, lots of locations down into Tampa, uh, going up into the Carolinas, going into Tennessee. Uh, but not everywhere. We're still trying to do more. I actually, uh, you guys will appreciate this. I texted Ben the other day after I tweeted the graphic. And I said, yeah, man, I was about to tweet something about Ben's going after world domination, but I oh, thought maybe that might not that. might not be the yeah. time for that. No, and you know, in a time where there's so much to protest and stand up for, it's so cool that the headliners have chosen yeah. to really <laughs> stand step up, up for- on behalf of Register Sausage. You know, I, I think that's it's it's absolutely pivotal. And Ben has also banned uh, Register Sausage in Russia, right? Wasn't oh, that yeah. one of the things That's he one did of the sanctions. last week? Yeah. Yeah. He got yeah, out in front of it, though, before the initial aggression. He knew it was right. coming. Well, that's why, coming. that's why he's never gone to Alaska. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, just because <laughs> you get so close. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, registermeats.com is the website. If you don't live in the Southeast, uh, they're coming for you soon. Ben's coming for you soon, but until then, you can have it delivered. They ship it in uh, these ice packs. It comes completely fresh and and uh preserved and uh you definitely want to take part in uh, all the goodness all the different varieties of sausage registermeats.com and so here we sit boys the last seminal headlines before the start of spring football and Corey, i know you were devastated not to be able to be there this morning bright and early it was a little nippy out uh driving in around 5 30 this morning i thought of you i said i can't wait to see Corey. he's gonna be there i'm gonna bring him some coffee i had extra coffee for you and you weren't there. I didn't know that you were hiding in Atlanta. 
I was. I was. I, I uh, specifically pointed out this. I, I picked this week to come mm. back and be a dad. Well played. Because uh, I knew that was coming. How was that, guys? Well, Jeff, you get up at the crack of dawn anyway. That was nothing new for you. How was it, Ira? Well, the funny thing is when I pulled into the parking lot. I was there. And I saw Jeff's car there. I was like, I was shocked a little bit at first. It's not often that the rest of the staff beats me to events. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I was like, oh, wait, that's Jeff. <laughs> he he might have been here since 430. <laughs> I might have been there reading, uh, drinking a cup of coffee, just talking to folks as they came on by. Some people were just coming home from the night before. It is college, after all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, man, it was it was good. It, you know, the thing is, I was thinking about this. I'll probably write about it uh, a little bit later. We've got a lot of stuff on the website at warchant.com, A lot of observation about individual players and things. Um, but you know, it really, you know, it just kind of reminds you of how far things have come in the last couple of years. I mean, Tom texted me about this, Jeff. I'm sure you felt the same way compared to what we saw of this team two years ago, physically, you know, we, you know, again, it's next week practice starts, but from a physical standpoint, you're starting to see a team that looks like what you'd like to see at this level. Getting there. I think the starters look like that with a little bit of depth. I still think it's lacking. I have to shake this vision that I have in my head from the nineties and early two thousands because I'm old and I've been covering this team and been out of practices since the nineties. And so when we were at our heyday uh, and in our heyday, or if you wanted to hearken and fast forward to uh, the best moments in the Jimbo area era, 12, 13 and 14, this team was littered with athletes. They were, they, you know, and that's when you realize, right. I mean, I'm sure folks who go out to Georgia's practice, Alabama's practice, it's just one athlete after the other, a guy goes down, you're like, oh, well, they got to go to that five star. They got to that. Florida State's not there. And that, and it's not fair to expect them to be there right now. They have gotten to a place to your point. The frontline guys. The frontline guys, for the most part, not at every position, yeah. but we're getting closer, uh, look like guys that should be here. You know, and I, I, you know, listen, these guys are all out there working their ass off at ungodly hours and sacrificing. So I say this with, with all due respect. But no, sometimes. No, that means something No, 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 no. Sometimes That's when you're exactly out. exactly what that means. Usually it does. But what I'm saying is that I'll stand there and I'll think, man, we've got to get to a place where I don't see so many guys that don't look like they should be at Florida State. That they, they should be <laughs> playing football. No, but I, that's not a knock on those guys. I'm saying we're, we're trying to build it back up. There are still too many areas where you go. Okay, all right, all right. Going to have to get a little bit deeper there. But, again, you're right. The starters, that, that hey, listen, Caden Lyles looks like Man. he'd start anywhere in the country for the best offensive line in the country. That dude is an animal. Corey, you would have been just dancing around happy looking at that guy. He is, you know, you have trouble judging linemen uh, with Dylan Gibbons and the like, but I'm True. telling you, you would not have thought a second time about whether or not that guy's going to be a starter. He is a beast. It's a big dude. Good. Yeah. They need a few more of them. Good. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, and again, it's this, it's kind of the same thing. Jared Verse is another one, yes. defensive end that yes. looks like okay. These are what these, but they look like physically what the best of the best in the country has. I'm not saying they're the best of the best in the country. I'm just saying what they look like physically. They have the physical tools uh, of of what you just see it in Alabama or Georgia or someone like that. Now, whether or not they can play to that level, uh, we'll have to see, but. Um, yeah, I mean, and then just some of the returning guys, you know, I was impressed with Jarvis Brownlee and some of the other guys. Travis Jay is just, if, if the only time you ever saw Travis Jay was in fourth, in these workouts, tour of duty yeah. or other workouts, you'd be like, I mean, how is he not an all American? Um, so I guess that that's the thing that kind of brings you down to earth a little bit as you say, okay, well, this is still, it's, it's workouts. It's good to see that they're athletic and quick. Um, but it's still not football. 
And they've got an abundance of guys that there's still a little bit of time for, you know. And, and Travis J would be a guy, right? I mean, we did this last year, and we, you know, I mean, it's I'm not going to assume anything that he's going to arrive and and play well. But you're right to look at him. You'd say they got to find a way to get something out of that kid. He's just so athletic. There's no reason for him to be sitting over there doing absolutely nothing for this squad. It's frustrating because they have some guys like that that you're like, oh, maybe the light bulb goes off. And if they do, because of the athleticism, you think, okay, well then now you have an added bonus. But they have a lot, a lot of guys in the secondary. I sound like a broken re- record from last year, but they do. They have a lot of options. And you, the other thing that stood out is the younger DBs that they signed, especially in this class, Sam McCall mm. and Azaria Thomas. I mean, those are. I mean, they're yeah, long, long lanky, athletic, um, really impressive guys. I mean, we'll again, we have to see how they play. Can they cover? Can they play in space? Can they come up and run support? Can they do all those things? But from a physical standpoint. They uh, look like the next level. Corey, you did watch Josh Storms' interview. I know. I'm sure you also watched Jeff and I stand up afterwards. I'm sure I you really missed that, man. I missed that. I, I if I wanted to know about tour of duty guys, I would have been there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you, anybody, anybody? Just, yeah. But uh, no, I, I but will you watch jo- it though. But you watched Josh Storms. Anything uh, did, interesting correct. from uh, from that? Um. Well, yeah, I thought I thought the most interesting thing was he talked about why they do tour of duty when they when they do it, which is the winter they, they start the winter program with it because they know there's a leadership void. Guys like Corbin are gone. Guys like Jermaine Johnson are gone. And it's such a uh, arduous, exhausting, mental mind screw that uh, that it really it really there's a leadership void, and they they know that's a great time to try to see who's going to fill it because it is so exhausting, and you can find leaders. In that in that environment in that atmosphere because that's what Norvell wants to find and uh, so he talked about that like guys stepping up being leaders know that knowing they're supposed to, trying to fill the role and some guys want to do it and then some guys are proving they can do it I, I thought that was I thought that was really interesting and also the fact that it's so different now than it was two years ago because two years ago none of these nobody had gone through it not one single kid on the team had gone through tour of duty now it's like at least half the team I think he said Ira including walk-ons yeah. they have a hundred nine kids on the football team right now and like 40 to 45 or 46 of them are going through tour of duty for the first time which is a lot but it also means if my math is correct 64 guys have done it before so that's a lot better than zero which was two years ago yeah and i you know i also think when you you know again like watching the some of that leadership stuff he talked about you know you could see it in in some examples i mean you know a guy i'm impressed by a guy like steven dix who Lost a starting job. He started a lot of games as a freshman two years ago. Last year, loses that starting job. I kind of wondered if he would come back because the guys that beat you out, DJ Lundy, now is is coming back, and he's he started all last season. Um, not that I expected Dix to leave, but you know, I mean, you lost a starting job in your so- you going into your sophomore year. But uh, man, he you know you could see he's a he's he's not just a very, really good athlete, but he's a very good leader. Um, Hunter Washington. There were some other guys that. Are second year guys in the program now that are starting to step up in that way, and I, I'll tell you the most not surprising, maybe the most surprising thing I saw was uh, they they give out black jerseys for the basically the top performers. They don't tell us the criteria, but it's the guys who have been the best performers uh, either in tour of duty recently or during the entire winter conditioning. I'm not sure the exact criteria, but basically it means these guys have done exceptionally well. And the three guys in black jerseys today, there was one on offense, Tate Rodemaker. The two on defense were um, uh, Renardo Green and um, – shoot, I have to check. On, I can't remember the third one. I'll, I'll look it up here in a second. But Renardo Green is a guy that last year didn't play real well, then got hurt, 
and never really came back, never got back in the fold. And he was a guy I was wondering, maybe he got passed over by Jamie Robinson, some of those guys. For him to be out there in a black jersey, I think is real impressive. I'll look up who the uh, third guy was. Yeah, and I don't think culture buy-in has ever been a problem here. You're seeing more and more of that. I, I think the coaching staff, they failed in some areas. They've succeeded in some areas. It's still up for debate in other areas. But getting guys to buy in and work hard, that's not been a problem. So in some ways, I want to say that while it's encouraging, it's not surprising to see so many guys out there uh, having a good offseason, having a good winner, doing a Ira, good job. Ira, was it Malcolm Ray? It was Malcolm Ray, Corey. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, and, and by the way, um, Malcolm Ray's a guy that uh, yesterday uh, Adam Fuller mentioned on the show, uh, and he's a guy that I thought at the end of last year kind of flashed, and I said, okay, they're getting something out of him. That's good to see. Uh, that's good. They've got depth up front there. That should be fun. I mean, Briggs will have to slim down some. He's still big. He's still a big dude uh, out on the edge. Uh, but but they have versatility there if he does. Uh, by the way, Adam Fuller, who said to me yesterday that uh, Joshua Farmer was 300 pounds, wasn't lying, right? I mean, you saw him today. That's a big boy. I think they probably want him to slim down a little bit. Uh, but even if he gets down to 290, you got all yeah. that time through camp to do that. I mean, he's 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 got size, and I know they love his upside. Yeah, somebody told me they thought he'd probably play about 295. Yeah. And um, he's, uh, I mean, again, man, he's a guy that played defensive end in high school. Real athletic, impressed a lot of the players last year, but they did redshirt him, as Adam uh, Coach Fuller said on, on the show yesterday, that that was intentional. They only played him in three games. Three games. They, they yeah. wanted to redshirt him, and and uh, yeah, I think he's going to he's going to play in. He's got a chance to play into that rotation. Another guy that I think is going to play into the rotation on defensive line is um, Patrick Payton. He looks noticeably thicker than he did a year ago. He's really filled Good. out. Uh, Good, and he's got great burst. So, by the way, so I mean again. We have to keep with all the caveats because they got to play football. But today is a day where you just look at guys and see how they've improved, if they've gotten worse, so what the new guys look like. I don't know. I, I think it might have been from message boards. It might have just been certain assumptions. I was under the impression that A.J. Duffy was small. He's not small. It's because I think there's been some posts on social media of him, like, it different. Next like, to Giants? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Next yeah, to Redwoods. He's, yeah. yeah, he's, he's not, not small He's not small. Yeah. Uh, I'm 6'1". Uh, he's uh, an inch taller than me at he least. Does, he doesn't, he's thick, too. Tate Rodemaker's 6'4", and he's He's right he's there not standing with too, him. I mean, yeah. he's an inch, or, inch and a half, maybe shorter. Yeah, no, he's put together, too. And he's thick. Yeah, yeah I, that's the, I went over and stood because I was at a distance looking at him, and I was like, wait, everybody told me A.J. Duffy's small. So I walked down there, stood next to him while he was doing a drill. I'm like, that guy's not that small. I mean, I'm not huge. but no, he's, he's not small he's, at all. He's not small. You don't do any drills? Did you do any drills with I, him? I didn't. I think I'm past that. I don't have to prove myself out there, Smart, Corey. you don't. You yeah, proved don't it 25 years ago. Uh, yeah, I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran. It's been a time. They, yeah. They've got to prove themselves to, to That's judge. right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, exactly I'm judging right. them when I'm standing there in that moment, Corey, and they know it. <laughs> hey, speaking of Caden Lyles, there's no doubt that Monster. he could kill us. He could kill us with his bare hands. He wouldn't need a weapon. What do you think is the quickest way he could kill one of us? Strangulation, Just squeezing the life out of us. Yeah, it's probably bear hug choking. or choking. I'm the quickest. Yeah. And without you think a you could bear hug someone to death? Well, I think he can. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about you or me, but I think he can. I think he <laughs> could. Sure bear, he could bear hug somebody to death. He's huge and pretty. I, I mean, I, I want to overstretch the, the the phrasing here, but the wording. But he's fairly athletic for his size too. He got out moved. Yeah, I remember you were watching. Yeah, yeah, he was moving yeah. around. He's not like cumbersome. He's able to move for that size. I was really impressed with him. You know, while we're talking about the newer guys, I I, I wonder, and we, we we won't know until they start practice, until we see him in pads, until they start running routes. But I told you right from the jump that one of the most athletic guys that I saw out there was Span. Yeah. Do span. If you watch Do span, 
I see why the coaches wanted to take a chance. Corey, I know you know you and I rolled our eyes at a guy with five catches. You're like, well, we'll see. But when you look at him and you see the twitchiness, the length, the athleticism, he's 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 a strong looking kid and an athlete. I watched him run all those drills. I don't know if he can play football. But if if they get anything out of that athleticism, then they're going to get a surprise because he is really he's kind of different than anybody else they have. He looks incredible. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, again, I'm not telling you he's going to be a star this year. He hasn't played a ton of receiver, but I'm anxious to watch him just looking at what I saw today with that length and athleticism. Well, I think that that's the you know the takeaway, and I you know and I, I've kind of touched on it earlier, and I when I posted the updates, our observations from the freshmen and the transfers who came in on the message boards. You know, one of the people that responded kind of, kind of, kind of sarcastically, you know, responded because it all sounds so positive, and it's like, well, that's what this time is. I mean, they, the fact that they're working hard, they do their bodies look better, which they should. I mean, this is none of this is like shocking. Right. This is year three of the program. They should be getting better players in. They went out and got ten division one transfers. Those guys look like they can play. The ones who are returning look in better shape and in better condition or bigger, stronger than they did a year ago. If they didn't. That would be shocking. So none of this is like to say, oh, the program is completely turned around. You're going to win 10 or 11 games. It's just reporting on the, the, the improvement that we've seen, and it's there. Now, it's, they had a long way to go. I mean, it, it, yeah. two years ago was shocking, uh, the lack of talent. Last year was still not good. Yeah. And they're still and, not going to be elite still not with this where talent. they need no, to be. No, no, no. And if you have a few injuries, to your point, the la- there's not the depth. So no, if you have a couple have of injuries, it could really knock you back. Yeah, hold your breath. But, I mean, you're going to negative watch. observations start on Saturday when spring practice starts, right? I mean, <laughs> or, and I'm not, I'm or, not being even facetious there. I mean, right. what what could you see right. today that was negative? Yeah, yeah kids, no, if I you guess saw guys broken or something like that, right? Yeah, no, you didn't see that. You saw guys yeah. that were invested, and you're right. This is a day where you're going to be excited because if guys work hard in the off season, it shows. And then if you bring in more athletic, more gifted athletes through the transfer portal, when they arrive, you get excited about that. And there's, there's no reason to be negative. And there's that. a reason that Mike Norvell made this one open. It's it's the last main tour of duty. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Guys Jimbo Fisher themselves. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher would let us in like the last fourth quarter drill. Um, just because you know, if you if we if we had gone out there a month and a half ago, it might not have been as positive. This is a day though too. I know we have a lot of questions in the second hour, like we always do with uh, headliner questions. But I'll get to some of these in the chat too. People have been locked in right from the beginning; they're excited, and so there's been some questions there that we could touch on as well because they're asking about segment groups and guys, and that's a good way for us to kind of go through and answer specific questions. Some of the headlines: ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. How you doing there, podcasters? Good, good to hear it. Listen, <laughs> if you're if you're wondering. Uh, for you know, for a good place to eat, watch a game, have a cold beer, enjoy a lot of choices, we suggest Horizons Bar and Grill. Maybe even run into us. You Could might happen. see us. Could you and I especially. Yes. I mean, I'm there once a week, I think. When I'm in town, I'm there. Stephanie and I are there. Great place. Cold beer, hot women, everything you want in a uh, – I probably shouldn't have said that. Well, it's or okay. Hot I, beer and cold women. <laughs> whatever you're into. I, I, like, I like the good-looking ladies, too. That's sure, all right. But, but even if that's uh, not your thing, I'll be there. I'm a good-looking guy. And we would all agree, great food. Legitimately most good important food. part of this ad is the great food. It's great food. They got TV, sports bar. They got that vibe, but beer, food, everything you could want. And most importantly, again – other than uh, the food, is that there is at least, I'd say, a 35% chance one of us would be there. And you get the mac and cheese bites. And you can get those 
shrimp tacos, which mm-hmm. are the king. Uh, and, you get the you've gotten healthy on me lately. You I get, eat the hummus. You eat the, I hummus. Get the hummus. Who eats really that? Good. He I, does at Horizons. I, I, I know I like hummus. Maybe I go. don't, but Horizons got some great hummus. But you look for them on their website. You can see their happy hour specials. Uh, just a great place to hang out. And it's and if you want to like a little upscale dinner, you yeah. can go in there for that as well. It's at Bannerman Crossing at the uh, right off of Thomasville Road in Bannerman. Uh, up there on the northeast Tallahassee. Tell them headlines sent you. Well, the important thing is support the people who help support Seminole Headlines. That's Horizons Bar and Grill. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. Several folks asking about uh, running backs here today, and I, I'm, you know, we'll have to wait and see on that because Ira, you pointed out, you and I were just talking during the break uh, as far as running backs go. I, we're really excited to see Benson, but he didn't, he wasn't. Yeah, we, we didn't see him out, there, see today. Him out there today. The, um, but there's, uh, I mean, I, you know, Lawrence Sophia. It's good to see Lawrence Sophia running full speed again, because uh, you know, and again in these kinds of drills, I mentioned. You know Travis J. I mean, it, this, these are, these drills really. I mean, you can get impressed by the lineman's size and, and and just body development, but you know these drills, these agility drills. I mean, what they're doing is you know the, they're doing shuttling. They're they're running oh, yeah. between cones. A they're, lot of stop start. You know, cuts, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dropping to the ground, jumping back up. You know, just a lot of stop and start stuff. So the DBs, wide receivers, running backs uh, look a lot better than anybody else, and. Um, you know, I think that uh, Lawrence Tofilly looked really good. Rodney Hill, the freshman, uh, you could see his quickness and, and speed. Um, and uh, but yeah, you know, I think hopefully during the spring we'll get to see Trey Benson, the transfer from Oregon, and what he looks like. But uh, Treshawn Ward looked good. I mean, like he normally does. He always looks good. Yeah. I, I mean, he's clearly the best of the bunch, unless Benson surpasses him. It's 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 Treshawn Ward's room. He's the guy uh, behind him. You know, you'd like to see Philly get bigger. I know he was hurt, so trying to add size is going to be tough. Right. He's got to get bigger. Uh, you know, he has speed, yeah. uh, and he's capable of making big plays. But I don't know if there's a degree of consistency that you're going to get until he gets stronger. Um, you know, you can get asked about the best room in the building and the worst segment group in the building. I mean, I, I you know, until tight ends prove something to me, I'm going to say they're the worst uh, segment group uh, time and again. Although, sitting out there, they got 47 of them, first of all, uh, and, and a few of them look like they can play. I mean, Cam McDonald's been here forever. He's always looked the part. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, he looks great. <laughs> Jackson West looks like he should be a player. Now, he had he exactly will. zero catches last year, so let's see if Jackson West emerges. He's got the temperament for it. He wants to beat your ass on and off the field. He also, um, he just, I mean, he wasn't going to get on the field last year a lot because they had Cam McDonald and Jordan Jordan Wilson. Yeah, um, but I think there's a chance he'll get on there a lot. I think Jackson Westman, he is a physical kid. He is big, not, strong kid, and man. He, he looks and, it, and he likes to mix it up. I mean, we probably saw him get involved in several fights. couple of things during uh, practices last year. So uh, I think he's a guy that could play. And then Brian Courtney, the freshman they signed, who was a quarterback in high school. I was kind of curious about how he projects as a tight end. And uh, he looks like a tight end. I mean, he does not look like a quarterback. He's a big, solid kid. Yeah, 230, 240, so he's a big enough yeah. kid. Uh, we'll, we'll see. That room's got a long way to go to prove itself, though. I think the offensive line has come the furthest in the last two years. Uh, it's not an elite group by any stretch, but this is the first time we're going to go into spring practice where I think you have a pretty good starting five and you have a little bit of rotation behind it. So two or three guys. I got, Bless Harris is a big, big man mm-hmm. who was uh, plus athletic in terms of, you know, he wasn't lumbering in a bad way. I mean, I think he's going to provide, my, my guess is that he'll provide some depth. Uh, they haven't had depth on the offensive line in a long time. Darius and, Washington looked, I mean, really yeah, good, I yeah. thought. So, hey, Corey, so if, if going back to the running backs, though, if if Trey Benson 
if we don't see much of him this spring or if we don't see, you know, he is coming back from that injury and if we don't see a lot of him or he's not super impressive, and I I like him. I think he's gonna, got a chance to be a really big, good player. But couldn't, if we don't, do you think they've got to hit the portal and get another running back or would you could you see them standing pat? I mean, I could see him standing pat because you still have three. Even if Benson doesn't work out or isn't healthy, you still got three Division One running backs, right? With Williams still on the team and, and Toa Feely and Ward. Um, I just think there's bigger positions to address um, than than going and getting a backup running back. You know what I mean? Go get a starting. Well, I mean, I guess. End. Yeah, I think. Je- I get the impression from Jeff's point is I think Jeff thinks they need to go out and get a featured running back. I, I don't think they have a star on this roster at running back. I think Trayshawn Ward is the closest thing they got. Oh, I, if there's one out there, sure, yeah. but I, I don't expect there to be one out there. It's, it's not like quarterback, you know what I mean? Like where there's a battle for it. I, don't, I wouldn't expect a feature running back to come to come uh, into the portal. I would have thought that would have already happened by now. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and I don't one disagree. Of those comes, sure. And I don't disagree with you, Corey. Like I, if I had my druthers and you said, "Hey, go get an offensive tackle." Yeah, I wouldn't go get a running back for te- for yeah, depth. Yeah. I think, but I mean, but if you, you, you can get, get a guy, yeah. I think about getting a guy. Um, but I think I they, think in every single position on this team, it, it goes to except that, for right? defensive you, back. I mean, I, I think they have more oh than enough gosh. defensive backs. They've yeah, got a, sure. Uh, yeah, they don't need. But a, uh, even a safety, if some ball hawking safety was on the market, you might be like, okay, he had eight interceptions last year for Oregon it, State. It would have to be. It have to be a like superstar. a can't miss. Yeah, because they've got. They're good there. They're they're good, and I liked what I saw coming in too. So you know, you brought up a call, and those guys they they got talent uh, at that and position. I know we said a lot about that last year, and then they came out and they were the worst segment group on the field, and they gave up four thousand points in the first four games. And we thought, what the hell were we looking at? Well, we saw them dominate a sorry receiving core, but I thought by the second half of the right. season they had actually kind of figured out who was what. They limited what they were asking those guys to do. That's what Fuller was talking about yesterday. And I thought they played pretty well in the second half of the season. I don't think we could deny that. I thought the secondary played pretty well in the second half of the season. They got well, most of those guys back. But they played, They played what, five guys mainly, five or six, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what he said was the difference. Is He says it in a nice way, but essentially we stopped putting our backups in the game. Uh, we we ran Jamie Robinson out there for 80 snaps. Well, they also, they also put him snaps. in safety. Yeah, and they figured yeah. out who the best five were. By, yeah, by moving him to safety and getting Knowles on the field, but then later in the year, they put Marion Cooper in there. He played really well. I and love he, him, and yeah. I thought you know Kevin Knowles looked great today at practice the, at the tour duty. Knowles, Cooper, Robinson, they play. Brownlee plays so hard. Mm-hmm. He's not a he's not an elite player. He's a he's an average mm-hmm. to a slightly above average player, but he's physical and he cares. And he knows what he's doing. Now, he'll get beat physically sometimes against the better receivers, but he knows what he's doing, and he cares, and he shows up. So they, they got guys they can trust uh, in that secondary. Hey, you know, we didn't, we didn't mention linebackers. That's not going to be an incredibly deep group, but I, I thought Bethune looked the part, too, and that, right. was, that was good to see. Obviously, we know how productive he was in college. So you get deeper there, and you get a guy that's made a lot of tackles in big-time college football. And Aslan mentioned this. I, I wasn't watching that group, but he said uh, at the very end, they were doing another drill where they had to do a lot of running and – and uh, at the end of it, um, the players, a lot of the players were struggling getting through that last drill. And he said Tatum Bethune was just manpowering through. I mean, just real, not only athletic, but but the fact that he was, you know, just the stamina. You're playing at that level. Well, and he's got dog in him, man. You don't have that many tackles in right. college football without having instincts and toughness. He's 230-plus pounds. Miami Central, if I'm not mistaken, right? right. I, I, the, the dude can play. I, I, I think you're going to get something out of him. So right off the bat, a lot of production. So that's, And he'll be invaluable to that group. Invaluable to that group. They haven't been around a guy that, that – I don't know if any of them have ever been around a guy that made 15 tackles in a game. 
And he's done it multiple <laughs> times. He had like 18 in one game. Just like like you talked about, that tenacity that comes with that. And I, I assume film study, too, in instincts. Like, that. that's invaluable Invaluable to be around a guy like that in your room the whole time. Like, that should make all those guys better. And I, yeah, I, can't, I think it was Kevin Steele. There's, it's not, he didn't invent it. A lot of people have said it, but I just remember Kevin Steele saying it the first time uh, from a coach here that I remember saying it was just, you know, if you want to know who the – who a good linebacker is, he's the guy at the bottom of a pile all the time, and Tatum Bethune seems like one of those guys. Is there an area that, um, I mean, I, I don't think until we see these guys put on the pads, I, I mean, other than what we're talking about, about body types and what the new guys look like and how they pretend, it's not anything else really to highlight uh, today after just watching them work out, other than, um, that, you know, the participation was where they wanted it to be, and they weren't, they weren't really all that banged up. So, I mean, they start camp in a good place. They also had a staff edition, Corey. That yeah, people this can is good read, news, actually. This is exciting. Read about on uh, warchant.com. They hey, have why a, don't we save it? Okay. Tell everybody about Ooh, this. Nice. I, I got excited about this. I don't know how I didn't see this. I was busy doing all this other stuff, Corey, covering for you. And, and, you, and, and Ira brought it up to me before the show. I think this is really good news. We'll uh, tell everybody what that is in a moment here on Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeats.com. That's registermeats.com. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. All right, Ira, your time to shine. You did the uh, legwork on this. Florida State has uh, added to its off-the-field support staff, story you can read on warchant.com. And they bring in a former NFL and college assistant and FCS head coach. That's a guy with vast experience. You'll recognize the name, those of you out there familiar with the NFL. But uh, if you just think about adding analysts and guys that help scout, this is a big name. Yeah, John Garrett, who uh, is actually uh, Jason Garrett's brother, and also Judd Garrett. Uh, that's the other brother. I don't know. We, we don't know much about Judd. at Thanksgiving. Everybody's like, "What do you ever do, Judd?" <laughs> I think Judd was in Taxi. I think he was on the show Taxi in the late seventies. But uh, oh, that's Judd Hirsch. But good call. Oh, I see bad. you working, my baby. Bad. I see you working. Uh, but anyway, John uh, Garrett was the head coach the last five years. He's been the head coach at Lafayette College, which is an FCS school. Before that, he was OC at Richmond and Oregon State. He's coached for the Bucks. He coached uh, wide receivers with the Bucks in 2013. He's coached for Cowboys. You know, for, on his brother's staff, he's coached at Virginia back in the mid two thousand. So anyway, he's uh got twenty shoot close to thirty years of uh, NFL and college coaching experience. He's joined the staff according to his Twitter bio. FSU hasn't announced the hiring yet. Um, I just happened to see him and ask around and, and then find out who it was. And then he, on his Twitter bio, he has his title as director of scouting for offense. So and he's always been an Ooh. offensive coach. So I think the scouting is not recruiting, but more of a. Uh, maybe scouting upcoming upcoming opponents in an analyst role, which man that we've heard since the end of last season that FSU is stepping up to add more st- positions on the staff. This is another new position, and uh, I think it shows an investment in, the, in a guy who man he's been an FCS head coach now as an analyst on your staff. Well, and Corey, I know that you and I will be on the same page here. I don't care whether he's allowed to coach anybody or not as an analyst. I'll tell you that he also coached Jason Witten to a bunch of Pro Bowls when he was in Dallas. So that tight end room that we have a problem with could use a little tutelage from time to time, even if it's in that secret back room. It was, Something's got to happen. I'm sure it was all him. I'm sure it was him. Well, it's like, Jason uh, Witten didn't have any ability, really, until, yeah. until Garrett got there. So. He struggled at Tennessee. He yeah. barely played at Tennessee. The, the guy was a nobody, and then, and then this guy comes along. 
young, and look at this. He's left and right going to the Pro Bowl. Was it Brewster? Oh, no. Somebody somebody that coached here, like Coach Tony Gonzalez or something. No, I like, think it was Antonio Gates. Oh, okay. That was basically the first word of his resume. <laughs> Antonio Gates was, I coached him. I coached him. Remember that guy, Antonio Gates? I coached him. <laughs> well, anyhow, Garrett did coach uh, yeah. a, a guy who had a lot of ability, but he got the most out of him. That's right. the point, Ira. He got the most out of Jason yeah. Garrett. I mean, not Jason Garrett. Excuse me, Jason Witten. So, anyhow, uh, that's good. But that is good. You're right. That shows investment. They need more of those, a lot more of those. Well, you know, they've recently added uh, Corey Fuller's on the staff now, who's out there today uh, as the director of football relations. The uh, Kiwan Ratliff had joined the staff as assistant director of high school relations. Relations. They hired the new uh, general manager of personnel. Um, so they've added several new positions. I did a uh, funny <laughs> about the Kiwan Ratliff hire that was pretty funny. I was talking to Tony, texting with Tony Carter because I'm going to do a story on him. Tony Carter, the former FSU DB, mm-hmm. is now uh, coaching at Southern Illinois, and um, we've been talking playing phone tag to do a story on him, and uh, I said, I need you to come on and do a Zoom. And uh, I said, I want you to talk a little bit about what you've seen now out of the current Knowles. And he said, uh, he goes, yeah, I can make fun of them for – I can rip them for hiring a bunch of former Gators. It's like, it's one guy, man. Yeah, but, but he didn't uh, take kindly, did he? He was not yeah. fired uh, up about it. Yeah, yeah, Randy yeah. Shannon's a former Kane. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all right. We got to do what we got to do to win some games around here. So as long as they're cheating for Florida State, that's all I care. I, I, I love those cheating. titles. Be cheating. I love coaching the- them up, coaching them up. And I, and I love the titles too. They sound like when I joined Warchant, we didn't have a name for what I was going to be. Like I wasn't, I wasn't the editor. That was Ira. I was. I didn't want to be an assistant to Ira. So I'm like, I'm not assistant editor. No chance. You could have been my so, assistant. So we say, or assistant editor, assistant to the editor. Um, <laughs> assistant so to the editor. We uh, we settled on. I don't even know what I am. Am I senior? You're a writer? senior writer. For some reason, Aslan always wants to call you lead and lead senior writer. writer. Yeah, but I but think I might. Have I just call him Corey Clark. I don't ever call any of you guys by your title. I mean, if you read, well, weird if you did. If yeah. you read other publications, usually senior writer establishes kind of like the the top writer on the staff that's not an editor if you watch today's video we're trying to give you some respect but you guys want to change the lead writer which sounds like a lead cook at wendy's <laughs> hey man we put in his not time that, not, that there's, time. Anything, not that there's anything yeah. wrong with that yeah that guys so doing... anyway those those all those all those titles that ira was just ripping off for ratliff and and Corey fuller it's like they just want him on staff in some capacity right. let's give him a name that sounds pretty important yeah Corey's give him a title Corey's director of football relations Corey Fuller's director of football relations it's like the high school relations ones I get I don't really get football relations football director of football relations for Corey Fuller is we're bringing you in to clean up this damn defensive back room that, that, that's what I looked <laughs> yeah. at that as that's, that's what, what, you're, that, directed that's what you're, you're, you're directed to get this defensive back room together <laughs> damn it and I and he's motivational so oh, I, he's I, definitely motivational. Yeah, and he cares deeply about Florida yeah. State. So there you go. You get that guy who cares deeply, was an awesome defensive back himself, can clean up that room and get guys dedicated. Not everybody needs that, but there's some guys in that room that uh, maybe we can still get something out of. That is the hope. How do you think – and I, I guess it's different for Odell because Odell's been here for every step of it. So he knows how it's gotten to this point, certainly how it got to the point last year and the year before. He was not happy. What was happening at the end of Jimbo's tenure, he was not happy – what happened under Willie's tenure. He's seen it happen, though. If you're a guy like Corey Ford that hasn't really been around FSU day in and day out, he's been around, he's been coaching in Tallahassee and in Quincy, so he's been around. But if you haven't been there day in and day out and then you just get thrust in there as an everyday coach, that's got to be a little – I don't know, would it make you frustrated or heartbroken a little bit that it's – because we're talking about how much progress there's been made, but there's still so far away from what what it was when he played. 
I think it's just you would look at it. I mean, knowing the way he views every day and the way he talks about every day, he would see it as an opportunity to make a difference for the program he loves the most. Like, I think that's the way you'd have to look at it. Yeah, we can all see that this program is not where it needs to be, and he certainly can see that. But, anyway, given the chance to coach kids up, he's passionate as all hell. He understands the game, uh, and he can speak from experience of what this place is like when it's humming. Right. So, yeah, I think you would just have to look at it as a hell of an opportunity, even if you just uh, mold a few of these guys and get them on the right track. You're not going to get everybody. You're not going to save everybody, but you can get guys uh, locked in with a few words of wisdom, and, and I'm sure he looks at it that way. In well, and he'll have a chance to direct football relations like football relations has never been directed That's before true. around here. <laughs> in fact, ever, because they've never had yeah, that position yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's going to be incredible. He gets to – he's breaking the mold. He gets to do – he gets to create the uh, the blueprint for what, what this job is. What titles do you think they come up with at Alabama for their 76 staff members? Assistant to the assistant of director of Dubois football relations? Dubois number four. I think, yeah, I think they're like a, a cast of like extras. Like they just label them like uh, restaurant restaurant customer number three, restaurant <laughs> customer number four, like just offensive analyst number six, offensive <laughs> analyst number 11. Dubois number six, uh, Saban would like to see you in his office later today. Uh, he wasn't pleased with that Troy preview. You came together. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I don't really care what we call those guys just so long as we have an abundance of them and they're organized. Uh, it seems that's the way of the world if you want to compete at the highest level anymore. And that's what all of the, you saw all the new hires in college football, and in particular with Florida, they want to have a legion of, uh, of, of, of analysts. Well, this is a guy that literally you would not, if you hired an FCS head coach who's been an offensive coordinator at Oregon State two years ago or, or seven, six, seven years ago. His coach, position coach in the NFL for years. If you hired him as a position coach, you'd be like, "All right, good hire." Yeah, they yeah. bring him in as an analyst for a position that we've never even heard of before. Yeah, so he's with the Cincinnati Bengals. He was an offensive assistant, receivers coach, tight ends coach, served as a quarterback coach with the Arizona Cardinals. Right. He's been, I mean, there's a lot of NFL experience. Nobody's going to be upset with that. I mean, nobody's going to question whether or not right. a man knows the game. You don't have. It's to- kind of the first one of those they've had, right? Where where they usually their offensive analysts are guys that are coming up, not guy, not Alabama guys that have done it before. Well, Tony um, Tokar has done it for yeah, 30 years. Before. Somebody on the chat asked the question, how much influence would Michael Alford have on analyst positions? Other than okaying the money, I wouldn't think any. Right. And that, yeah, in terms of who they hire, probably very little, unless he well, happens I hope not. to. Unless he, yeah. And the only thing would be if he had happened when during his time at Oklahoma or his time at Alabama, yeah, he knew somebody, that he knew yeah. somebody and said, hey, you might want to look at him. But or no. Or if he, they tried to hire Art Bryles. <laughs> then maybe <laughs> I gotta step in here, guys. He might have an opinion. Yeah, but uh, no. The bigger the bigger thing is that this administration, you know, Michael Alford going up to you know President McCullough, Peter Collins, who's the chair of the board of trustees. Uh, they have made this commitment to expand the staff. They've looked at. I mean, they have the data. They know exactly how many staff members and how much the salaries are, the total salary package at all of these other schools that Florida State wants to be at. And Florida State has been far down on that list for a lot of reasons. But they're trying to make up that ground. Yeah, and as far as assistant coaches go, like coordinators and stuff, Florida State's paid. They've done a good job with that. But you're right. In terms of sheer size and numbers and all that, yes, they're looking to add. I also think they understand we're at critical mass. This is the reason we're so excited about talking about today, spring football, the upcoming season. Everybody's got an opinion on this. Everybody is watching very, very closely. This is a massive season for this staff. For Mike Norbell, there's no getting around it. Florida State has to show tangible growth. We have to see in the fall, and you're hoping that the, you know, the impetus for that is a great spring, 
we have to see appreciable difference in play and, and possibilities of eight, nine wins, something along those lines, to keep this from being a situation where we're just playing out the string. Well, in the future for the future of Florida State football. Yes, because if you have to start over yeah. again, you know, just think about how much further back you're going to fall. I mean, nobody, everybody shudders at the idea of having to reset this thing. Now, I would say that even if something happened, even if something, you know, just things went poorly, injuries, whatever, and over the next year or two, it doesn't get to where it needs to be, and they had to make a change, the program would be in much better shape for a new coaching staff to come in. They wouldn't be starting at ground zero the way Mike Norvell was. Right, but you still but would be resetting, and you lose players, yeah. and the way that early recruit, you know, we mean the signing period, it's death when you make that yeah. change. We, I mean, oh, Lord, there's no way around it. So let's just hope well, that we're not talking about but that. That's why, but that's why it's good that Florida State that's is right. trying to get behind him and, and make it work. Yeah, got to. They have. They, you really don't have another choice. It's either invest now or spend more money later right. and start over. Some of the headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV continues in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Headliner questions to start the next hour, of which we'll have several, obviously. But uh, wrapping up this hour, kind of just talking about the first of uh, many days where we'll have opportunities to provide content for you guys on WarChant.com, WarChant TV. Uh, we've done the position previews, but uh, we're gaining, gleaning more information every day, and so hopefully, hopefully, cross our fingers that it's a it's a great spring. I I, I can't really wait till this Saturday until we start seeing these receivers. I keep coming back to that. I really want to see what Wilson is, and then I talked about it yeah. at the beginning of this hour span. Those guys, I'm really excited. Johnny Wilson, also Corey, when you see him in person, you're going to be like, all right, because that dude is he's I guess he's six seven. He should be yeah. tied in. I I don't think he moves fluidly right. enough to be like a big time receiver. Uh, I'll just say that now. You can see why he'd be a good blocker and was. You can when see he why he could be a. Oh, he's a matchup problem. Uh, uh, yeah, red zone target. Oh, for sure. without question. He's huge, Corey. When you see him, he's a lot big. I know we all see what he's listed at and we watch video. When you stand there and see him, he's huge. And he's got real long arms. Oh, I mean, it's, he's just, just a, it's insane. It goes his, on for days. Yeah, his catch radius is 
nuts. I, I can't believe we've gone 52 minutes and you haven't mentioned Tony Bennett once. Like, Tony Bennett hasn't even come well, up. We talked about it yesterday on the Jeff Cameron show. Nobody's listening to that anymore, guys. Yeah, we, they're, we, all, they're, all, they're all coming to the headlines. That's we also it. had the that's Sunday it. Smash, Corey. I know you watched that, right? Oh, that's true. So, <laughs> I so, missed that. How'd so it go? Not only did we really document play-for-play, blow-by-blow, final 215, and have great uh, laughter at the expense of Tony Bennett. Then we did it again on Monday's show. So, Corey, you, you couldn't be more off-base with your But, assessment. I mean, I wasn't a part of that. Yeah. It's the three <laughs> so of us. It didn't, happen. Magic, it didn't happen if you weren't a part of that. The magic is the three of us together, gang. Yeah. What? Well, you know, hey, the, well, look, y'all talk about the football games on Sunday Smash, and then y'all talk about the football games on Monday. So we're seminal headlines in October. <laughs> we're just going to talk about movies. That's fair. We, All right. We hey, still bring look, it up. You don't have to. You don't have to encourage me to make fun of Tony Bennett losing a game that he led by nine points with two minutes and fifteen seconds left. You don't have to I encourage told Aslan, me. That's got to be the worst loss of his career, other than losing to a 16 seed. <laughs> yeah, that's, Considering that's, the that's what a was high at bar. stake in mm. who he no, he's never topping that one. But who he was playing, what was at stake, where it was played, the lead with two minutes to go—that's crazy. They lost that game. I, it's it's inconceivable that they did. I mean, and they had, but it happened, and I've watched it 50 times. <laughs> I watched it again yesterday. I keep watching it over and over and over again. How about you know the shot? Re- okay. I was going to say what's really cool about the highlight, number one, Prieto's arms go in the air before the basket, before the ball even gets to the basket. Like, he can tell from his vantage point, oh, this might go it in. It looks good. And then if you watch the uh, the highlight after the shot, you know, Hamilton does nothing. Yeah, Hamilton yeah. just stands cool, there. Cool, like, yep, calm, and collected. He's like sucking. Priet- Prieto runs over to Stan Jones and right. gives him a bear hug, mm-hmm. which makes me think that Stan Jones might have been the one that designed that play. Yeah, I'm sure. And he did. it worked and trusted Prieto to make that throw, and it worked perfectly. It was I an mean, incredible pass. The thing is, and, and Coach Hamilton talked about it, it's, it, it's not like it was a design play just to spring pre, to spring Matthew Cleveland open. There's like three reads. I mean, he's like playing quarterback. Yeah. Based he, on ran, the, he runs the baseline, yes, first run, of all. And then, and then waits for the dude to fall, the 6'11 dude. This is pretty funny. I, I, didn't, I don't know if I told you guys this. Uh, I don't know if I told you, Corey, but um, I tweeted that night. I was like, the, really impressive that Prieto waited. 6'11 guy jumps in his pause, face. He pause, pump fakes. Yeah. Waits for him to come down, then throws it over him to get the, the clear shot. To um, Matthew Cleveland, so I tweeted that you know it's smart of him for a way to for gravity to bring the guy down to earth. So Prieto sends me a DM with the equation, the mathematical equation for gravity. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> only, only a grad student. He had it in his head. Yeah, yeah. The weatherman knew exactly what was going to happen there. Well, uh, I thought the running of the baseline to create space, yeah. right from the beginning, was obviously smart. Now, none of this matters if the shot doesn't go in. So credit to Matthew Cleveland for making the damn shot. But also, man, <laughs> all the, the in the two two minutes and fifteen seconds, and I, you know, I broke this, had to go right. Yeah, I broke this down on the the site. They scored. They scored six times in two minutes fifteen seconds against Virginia. And the average time of those possessions was like seven seconds. Yeah. I mean, how does yeah, that happen quick. against yeah, Virginia? Yeah. Matthew Cleveland, when he's hitting shots, is really really hard to oh, guard. Worley had, just... War, Worley had a runner, Raekwon yeah. Evans. Uh, I think Fletcher might have had one, too, where he drove baseline. That might have been earlier. But, yeah, yeah. They, uh, Raekwon had one. Um, yeah, man, that was just uh, that was crazy. And uh, I don't think I've ever yelled l- louder than that watching a game when he hit that shot, other than earlier in the game when he didn't drop off the pass that for was, what would have been that a That was dunk. not good. It's, I literally yelled at the TV there, too. So, so I, it was good that <laughs> Cleveland came back and uh, you know had an all-time great moment. That, that was, was awesome. funny because so Cleveland gets a steal, and he's running the court, and if he just 
leaves it off for Cameron Fletcher yeah, to dunk. It's a dunk. Instead, he gets fouled trying to get the three-point play. And he and can't Brick make free throws. Throws an air ball in the second free throw. Yeah, Doesn't make either yeah, free throw. Yeah. And um, so I texted Corey about it at the time. And then, like, I look on Twitter, and Corey tweeted basically the same thing I had texted him. And I'm like, come on, Corey. You can steal, steal my, my text. stuff, man. I didn't, see the, didn't, I didn't see, see the text, text either. It was two great minds thinking the, thinking the same thing. I'm sure By everybody. The way, did and see, it was well, an obvious point. Yes, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> everybody. pretty obvious, yeah. Did y'all see the uh, the post-game press conference with Tony Bennett? No. I did not go Ira, you would love How it. How did you not I go looked, rebel I went on that? YouTube you to find it, and I couldn't find you it. Should have been Ira, you would love that. it. Uh, where did, where did you? obviously it devastated. It was on their site? Because I didn't find it on YouTube. It was like, yeah, I think it's on their official website. Right, uh, I'll, I'll, but, I will be doing that this afternoon. But he was asked, um, you know, he was devastated, clearly. And he was trying to, like, have a smile, but he was devastated. And then one of the reporters asked him, if you guys got an NIT bid, would you accept it? <laughs> Which is just a crazy thing to ask in that moment. And Tony Bennett almost loses his mind. Says, he says something like, that's a really odd time for you to ask me a question like that. That's a tough question right now for, for you know, give him credit basically for that. pointed. Um, but he's like, I'm not even thinking about right now. He almost was like, I can't believe you just asked me that. Um, but I'm not thinking about that right now, which was just, it was it was crazy that he did that. Khalil Young, thank you for your contribution. He writes that he heard Green, McCall, Washington, Zaria Thomas had good days, which I'm happy to hear. Hint on who wore the orange jersey, offense or defense. Oh, boy. We'll, you want to hint it out there? We'll, we'll, the guy we'll say, that's worn it before. We'll say defense, yeah. but not a uh, not not a starter. Not a key member of that right. group. We'll Kid, just put it that way. Yeah, young man that's got some talent, but unfortunately. Can't get out of his own way. Maybe. Yeah, seems like he can't get out of his own way. So, uh, yeah. But, hey, listen, that's all right. They've got 25 guys back there. We're going to be all right. So I'll just put it that way. In the uh, waning minute that we have here, I can say this makes a return based on uh, that win. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but <laughs> could very well be that the NIT trolley is right there for us. I didn't even think we were going to make the NIT there for a stretch. So that, the, tro- the trolley had broken down. Yeah. They had to get some parts in. He made his way over to Tony Bennett's house right after this game. It was like, good to see you, Tony. Smoke him if you got him, buddy. You're joining us. You might play Florida State again in the NIT, buddy. That was the best part because it was senior day. Oh, man. I mean, I just can't. They they had a possession with about, I guess, like a, just over a minute to go, and it gotten down to four, and they had a possession where they end up launching a three. with. Yeah, I mean, it was just, just ridiculous. I mean, they just they played so poorly. Almost like they were poorly coached. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show. No, no, that's not what this is. It's Seminole Headlines. Holy 83. crap. First time in like how many years? Corey, let's walk. Oh, come on, guys. I'm up against the break. <laughs>